0: Welcome to Ignite Depot. My name is Apostle Milton Jones. I want to thank you for joining us today. Man, I I prophesy into your life today that God is going to speak a word to you in season. That's a right now rhema word, a word that will ultimately change your life forever. If you make a decision from the very beginning to receive what it is that he has available to you. I know he has a word available for your life today. And if you make a decision, to receive it from the very beginning. You make a decision that you're gonna open your eyes so that you can see, you're gonna open your ears so you can hear, but ultimately you're gonna open your heart and be receptive to the word of God. I guarantee you, it's going to change your life forever. So go ahead and make that decision with me right now. Say, go ahead with me, come on, come on, come on. Lean all the way in and make a decision. Right now, I receive the word of God that will be spoken today to change my life forever. In Jesus name, amen. Now, most of the people, when they go to service on Saturdays, or they go to service on Sunday, or they listen to a podcast, or even watch a YouTube video, they hear, but they don't always hear. They can see, but they don't always see. And the issue is, is because they haven't made a decision to open their heart to receive the word of God Regardless of what it is that word is see sometimes people cheat the word of God like the buffet you ever been to a buffet I haven't been to a buffet in years because it was a waste of money for me Because I'd pay all that money and only eat only eating a certain amount of food So I would end up paying more for what it is that I receive. But even when I would go to the buffet some people are like this with the word of God They go like a buffet line and they pick and choose the things that they like to eat and those things that they don't like to eat they just brush right over it's kind of like if you put some brussels sprouts on my plate those things would probably grow mold before i would eat those things because i'm not a, a fan of brussels sprouts but if you put you know a certain types of foods on a plate for me that i really really enjoy man i will eat that until times got better well see a lot of times people cheat the word of god the exact same way they eat the parts or they read the parts or they study the parts that make them feel good, but those things that kind of challenge them to try to cause you to try to grow up a little bit, kind of make you, you know, kind of, you know, you gotta man up a little bit, you know, you gotta, you gotta like, man, I gotta make some adjustments in my life if I really want this thing to work out the way that God intended it to be. And man, today, I want you to make a decision that today is your day one. You know, and somebody goes into uh, Alcohol Anonymous or Narcotics Anonymous, you know the first thing that they call it your day one and the day one is the first remember man you got a problem and see that's the day and god is saying man let this be your day one where you say look lord and these i got a problem something's going on lord And, and the only way I'm gonna get out of this situation. The only solution that I have, I tried everything else. I I tried the drugs. I tried the alcohol. I tried the women. I tried the men. I tried, you know, getting more jobs. I tried shopping. I tried to do all these things, and it's it satisfies for a moment, but it's kind of like a, somebody. If you have I don't, I've never been personally been high on any narcotics or anything but what I heard about it is 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 when you when you get that first high and everything then your body gets you know gets a little taste to it and now from the re- time on until you get a control over that thing that thing begins to control you your search your daily goal is to get to that next high regardless of what it is that you have to do and people say I would never do some of the things but what you don't understand is when you get hungry enough When you desire it enough, when you have enough passion for it, you will do whatever you got to do to get it. And see, that's the thing God wants you to be about his word. Like a deer pants for a water. When a predator's chasing out the deer, that deer will run like it like, cause his life literally depends on it because the predator's behind it. So that deer is running and he's he is looking for that, that water because he knows once he gets in that water, that predator will lose his scent. So he's running, vigorously running and trying to do whatever he's got to do to find that water. And see, that's the thing about with the word of God. When you get hungry for the word, when you get when you get sick and tired of being sick and tired of being sick and tired, you'll do whatever it takes to get your life on the right track. And if that's you, and if that's your situation, man, I got the right word for you tonight. Because today, God has a word that if you, again, you got to make the decision. Like like at Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, look, I got a problem, and I'm open to receive whatever instruction I need in order to get me out of this situation once and for all. What good is it to have a temporary fix just to end up being back in the same situation again next week, tomorrow, a month from now? Most people believe, man, if I just get this, and if I just had that, and if I just have this, and if I just had that, man, in my whole situation will go away. But if you have all those things, but God is not the first is not the first thing that you receive, all you got is a, a Band-Aid. That's like put, trying to put a Band-Aid on a gusher. It will have little to no effect. It will have some short-term benefit, but long-term, man, you will end up bleeding out. And, and, and my assignment today, the assignment that I've been sent on today for you and for me and for the entire world is, is to help you to get to that point where you are, you're not putting a band-aid on it, but you're putting a permanent a fix. This is your day one. Look at your neighbor and say, this is my day one. Look at your other neighbor and say, this is my day one. And point to yourself and say, hey, this is my day one. In Jesus' name, amen. Do I have your attention? You ready to get into it? You ready? I, I, do I, have I wet your appetite just a little bit? Come on in. Then let's go ahead. Let's make this declaration, and let's go ahead and get into it. In Jesus' name. It says this. It says, that the spirit. I make this declaration that the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive, the open of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, and the vengeance of our God, and to comfort all who mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that He might be glorified. And they shall raise the old waste, and they shall repair the waste cities. Then they shall uh, 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 the desolations of many generations. Glory be to God. He says this. He says I've come to give you life. i come that you might, Jesus said this, he says, I came that you might have life in abundance to the full until it overflows. He says, I'm not talking about just barely getting by Avenue. He says, I'm trying, I came that you might have life in abundance. Overflowing to the full In every area of life Not just in one area Not just in your relationships Not just in your health Not just in your finances Not just in your family Not just on your job Not just in your community He says I came to give you life In abundance to the full Till it overflows I came to give you the God kind of life The life like it was before Adam and Eve bowed their knee in the garden The life that caused you to always be producing Always to be increasing Always to be able to feel and refill and always be having control over your environment. And according to Genesis chapter one, verse 28, he says, I came to give you that life. And he says, for many people, like the picture behind me, many people's lives are, are, are on fire. <laughs> and many people has, has a fire going on here and a fire going on there, and it's, and it's breaking out on every side. But then as you notice, you have people, they're called the search and rescue team. They're called the firefighters. And what do they do? They, they While most other people are running away from the flame, they are running into the fire. And what are they doing? They're look going in to rescue those who may have been lost in the fire though they're going into rescue and to help those who may have lost their way. They're going into rescue and to seek and to save those who are lost. And if you ever want to know what is Jesus, what was one of Jesus' missions? He said this, he says his mission was to seek and to save them who are lost. He came to seek, and save them a loss and what do you, he said, well, what does that have to do with me today? He said, that's why I sent." he sent me to remind you and to come to seek and save that which is lost. If that's you, this is your word for today. He says, I came to give you life. He says, but you have to receive it. You have to receive it in Jesus name. Let's make this. Let's make this confession together. Say this is my Bible. The Bible is the word of God. The Bible is God speaking to me. The Bible is the truth. It tells me what I should think. It tells me what I should believe. And it tells me how I should live. The word of God is the most important thing in life. Say that with me. The word of God is the most important thing in life. Now we've been talking about over the last few weeks how wisdom, godly wisdom is the chief most important highest in rank above everything. So he exhorts us in, in psalms as you were proverbs chapter 4 and verse 7 he exhorts us he says get wisdom he says but in all you're getting get understanding we found out that wisdom was not, not just knowledge wisdom is the right use and exercise of knowledge and he says but even with all the right use and exercise of knowledge he says you got to get understanding you got to get discernment you have to understand when you get that knowledge how to get comprehensive understanding our insight so that you may be able to operate in wisdom the right use and exercise of the knowledge that you have why is that so important and why is he having me share that with you today if i was to give this this message a title it it would be let this be your day one let this be day one he says this he said oh oh," actually he says today is d-day today is d-day we're going to find out exactly what that means about d-day here in just a moment he says this he says wisdom is the principal thing but see in order for you to get godly wisdom there's two types of 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 words used to describe godly wisdom you have what's known as the logos word of god or the written the written word of god that's what the bible is the written word of god what that word logos means is the written thought or intent of god so if you want to understand what was god's Uh, written uh, thoughts or his intent about any situation or circumstance all you got to do is pop the board of god open up the bible and you will be able to read the written thoughts or intents of god because when you ever when you go to luke chapter 4 and see where jesus was tempted by the adversary he would always say it is written what is he saying in the logos the thought the written Thoughts are our intention of God's word. This is what his intent was concerning that situation. This was his thought on marriage. This was his thought on serving other gods. This was his thought on bowing down. This was his thought about being, you know, being led by food and water. This was God's original thought. Then you have the you have the Logos, which is the written, but then you also have another type of word. It's called the Rhema. The Rhema is the spoken or utterance of of God that comes to you as a result of you spending time in the written word of God. See, you cannot get a rhema without spending some time in the Logos. The Logos is the written. The rhema is the spoken. If you want to get us a, a rhema word or a word of revelation concerning a situation, a circumstance, a matter according to God's way of doing things, you have to spend time in his word word there's no other way to be able to get it that's why it says in joshua chapter one this book of the law don't let it depart from your eye but keep it he says don't let it depart out of your mouth but but meditate on it spend time with it study it read it meditate meditate means to mutter it over and over again to yourself meditate on the word day and night that you may observe or see or begin to get revelation on how to apply that word to your everyday life and then once you 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 got the word you begin to read over it you begin to meditate on it till you can see yourself doing it till you till you got you got the knowledge you get comprehensive insight and then he, you step into the next phase where you're operating in wisdom the right use and exercise of that word till you begin to do it and when you begin to do it guess what happens he says then still in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success but it didn't say it was God who just put it on you it says you have to take the effort you gotta put in the work like we already talked about so that you can begin to renew be renewed in the spirit of your mind by the word of God that you will take off the old in order to put on the new say this is my day one this is d-day for you this is d-day for you so you got to understand jesus even prophesied in matthew chapter 24 and verse number four he says his disciples was asking him Man, what is the sign of your return, and and how? Do, what's the indicators that the end of this age is 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 getting closer and closer? He says the first thing I want you to recognize, he says in accordance quarters of Matthew chapter twenty four and verse four. He says he says he says that see that no one deceives you or misleads you he says for many will come in my name saying i am the christ and they will mislead many what he's saying to you he says from the very beginning what's gonna how do you know what's the indicator that i my return is near he says because deception will be running rapid what is deception deception is when people speak Words, and we call it, it's called perverted knowledge or perverted truth, where it takes what is true and turns it into something that is wrong, something that is right, and it turns it into something that is wrong. It, 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 mis- it takes information and it misinterprets the information or it distorts their information, or it corrupts the information. So when you hear it, it sounds one way and see the greatest way for you to, to get a lie through or the change of norm is keep presenting what is, is an abnormal long enough that people believe begin to believe that it is normal. And see, he's saying here, he says, my word remains the same. It says in, in, in uh, Malachi chapter three, he says, I am the Lord. I change not. He remains the same. He is consistent. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But he says in his last days, you're going to see deception and people are being deceived left, right, and center in and outside of the church. He also says in first Timothy chapter four, how that, you know, the Holy Spirit says explicitly that in the latter times, the sun will begin to fall away from the faith or fall away from what it is or turn away from what it is that they once believed what happened to them how did they begin to fall away they begin to pay attention or give attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons he says by by means of the hypocrisy of liars so when you hear something that again perversion is taking something that is right and turning it into something is wrong or misinterpreting uh, what it says, or or corrupting, or distorting what it is to say, for the purpose of misleading many. But say with me, today is D Day. Come on, say it. Today is D Day. Today is your day one now how are you going to be able to combat these things you know this is what the word says this is what things said. but how do you overcome those situations well the way that you overcome that situation it's going to sound so simple but it's so true is how you're going to be able to come in you're going to have to begin to demolish your old ways of thinking see when we was talking about in the last couple weeks about how you got to put in the work and and how you know mission possible, and how you know you got to take off the old man in order to put on the new. You have to be renewed in the spirit of your mind, which is your which is your soul, which is your mind, will, and emotion, your feeling, your chooser, your thinker, in order for you to begin to walk in your newness of life. You're dead to the old ways, but you're alive unto righteousness. You're dead to sin, but you're alive to righteousness, you're dead to the world's way of doing things, but you're alive to the way that God does what he does in the earth. But in order for you to do that, you have to begin to put in the work. And see what happens is people are waiting for somebody else to do it for them. But Jesus says, when I'm coming, I'm coming to look for you. I'm coming to search for you. I'm gonna seek you. To I'll find you. And then when he says, and when he says, I'm going to save that word save literally means I'm going to heal. I'm going to deliver. I'm going to set free. I'm going to make you whole. So he's, when he says that, he says, I'm intently looking for you so that I can deliver you, save you, heal you and make you whole. He says, but in order to do that, he says, you got to demolish that old way of thinking. That old way of thinking, what old way of thinking? Well, and according to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number three, he says this, he says, see, for though we walk in the flesh, he says, we do not war according to the flesh. He says, for our weapons, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal or of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses or destruction of strongholds, which are Fortified patterns of thinking, the way that you was raised, the way that your that you did things in your house. It it, it established what is known as a stronghold our fortified pattern of thinking. You do it second nature. I'll give you a prime example, you know, talking about search and rescue. A few years ago there was a uh, the ice and sleet storm uh, in Quebec. And and we had just got home and everything and from, from work and, and um <laughs> and uh, Pastor June was in the shower, and I heard this sound like somebody slid on the brakes, and then you heard this big boom, right? Because we live right next to the Gatno River. Well, when I heard that, my first instinct was put my runners on, run outside to find out what had happened, if, if somebody was hurt, if somebody was in trouble, or somebody was in danger. I did not even think about it because from military training, it trains you that when someone is in trouble, what do you do? You don't run from it. You run to it. So I did not even thinking, I put my runners on I put my tennis shoes on. I run to down the steps down to where the, the truck has slid and I yelled out, Hey, is everybody okay? He's like, yeah, I'm okay. I said, all right, hang on. I'm going to get some help. So I run back to the house and everything and I knock on the door uh, uh, because where we was at at the time, you had to have uh, you had to have a different number to be able to call the, the fire department. So we went and got help and everything. Eventually the guy was able to get out and everything, but I didn't even think about it because it was second nature to me. It would have been I had been trained and had practiced it over and over and over again that what you do is when somebody's in trouble. You run to search and seek and do whatever you need to do to get them out of that harm's way. And that's what Jesus did. When he came on the earth, he was running to you. And guess what he's doing right now? He's running to you. And guess what he sent me here? To run to you. To let you know he's seeking you. To save you. To deliver you. To heal you to set you free, to make you whole. Did you ever notice, if you go back and read in Genesis chapter 3, that when Adam and Eve fell, they ran from God. But God went and sought them out. God went looking for them. Did you notice that when Peter betrayed Jesus 3 times and he he turned away and walked away from what it is God had called him to he he was just so outdone he just there's no way that God can use me anymore what did Jesus do he sought Peter out and what did he do he restored him he healed him he he made he he made him whole, and then he then he what did he do? He reminded him of his purpose and his plan and instruction that he had for his life. So what I'm telling you right now that you even though you might have old patterns of thinking, old ways of doing things, if you make a decision, if you let today be your day one, you say this is my D day, this is my decision day. I'm making the decision right now that I'm going to put off that old man. I'm going to take off that old way of thinking what am I gonna do he's gonna tell us how to do it you see you're not wrestling against flesh and blood see if you spend all your time trying to wrestle with things you trying to solve the problem on the same level to which the problem was created in your flesh in your mind the way that you think things are supposed to be you will always be defeated but if you want to get out of that situation if you want your situation to turn around and i'm talking about turn around for the good you have to make a decision like he's saying here yo you're you're not wrestling against you're, you're not this you're not warring in your flesh but you are divinely powerful for the destruction of those fortified patterns of thinking what are those fortified patterns of thinking what you're going to begin to do when you begin to get in the word of God, what's going to happen is you're going to be destroying or you're going to be casting down, throwing down what? Reasonings, arguments and theories that try to exalt themselves above the knowledge of God. See, your battle is about this. This deception is I have to have something that's higher than the arguments, reasonings and theories of of this world that are here to deceive me, that are here to mislead me when I, but when I get in the word of God, we talked about this before you have the law of the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, which is the word of God. And then you have the law of sin and death, which is things that operated according to this world system. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus supersedes the law of sin and death, just like the law of lift supersedes the law of gravity. And, and, and as long as you're operating according to the law of lift, you will always supersede the law of gravity. But the moment you stop operating according to the law of lift, you will find out the law of gravity never went away. And it's the same thing here. As long as you continue to exalt your the world's theories and arguments and reasonings and, and their, their, with their, their so-called truth, above what it is that the word of God says, you will always be like a dog chasing his tail. You'll be going around in circles. You'll, you'll get a little bit of victory, but you, you'll take four steps forward and five steps back. You'll run six steps forward and fall 10 steps back. And it's like, you're you're like this, and you're constantly moving, but you're not going anywhere soon. But what God says, and what he told sent me here to tell you today, he says, I have come to seek and save the lost. I've come and I'm sending my workers out and I'm sending my men and women of God out. And what are they gonna be going out there to do? To remind you, I didn't forget about you. To remind you, I came to seek and save the lost. To remind you that, hey, I came to give you life in abundance to the full until it overflows. He says, but I can't go against your will. See, God, who God loves, he corrects, who God loves, he he redirects, what's what's correction, we talked about this, what is correction, correction is to raise to a certain standard that will bring about what direction, what that direction will do will help you to turn and go the way that you should go for your protection, which will keep you from all hurt, harm and danger to ultimately bring you to a place of Perfection, where you are whole, complete, and lacking no good thing. But He can't go against your will. You have to make a decision. Lord, I'm, I I take the I take the limits off. I take the shackles off. lead me in the way that is right. So how do you overthrow? How do you destroy those? Are those arguments, those reasonings, and those theories that try to exalt themselves against the word of God. Well, according to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 11, it says this, it says, My son, our daughter, do not reject the discipline or correction of the Lord, or loath his reproof, for whom the Lord loves, he corrects. Even the father who corrects a son whom he delights, who the Lord loves, he corrects. See, you shouldn't get upset when God is designed to correct you or raise your uh, you back, you bring you back to a standard of his truth. See, the world will tell you there's all kinds of truth. There's no there's not all kinds of truth. There's only one tr- absolute truth, and that's what, what you will find in the word of God. See, everything else is again, if it does, if God is not the head, if Jesus is not the head of the organization, if he's not the, if he's not the chief cornerstone, if he's not, if his word does not have the final say, you are not operating in absolute truth. You're operating best based off of su- subjective truth, which means it's a subject to the, to the interpretation of the ones receiving it. But that's not how, if you want to live life in abundance to the full until it overflows, you can't do that with God's word. You can't do that with his word. He also goes, How does but how does God correct? Does he use calamity? Does he use sickness and disease? Does he lose poverty? Does he use strife? Does he use division? Does he use thunderstorms or tornadoes? Absolutely not. He says this in second corinth in 2 Timothy chapter 3. He says this, he says, All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for what? What is his word? What is the scripture profitable for? For teachings, for reproofs, for corrections for training in righteousness or in right standing with God, so that the man of God may be adequate and equipped for every good work. What's the purpose of the word of God? To be able to train you, to be able to teach you, to reprove you, to correct you in righteousness, that you might be adequately equipped for every good work in and outside of the church, in and outside of your home, in and, Outside of your workplace, in and outside of your community. What does the word of God? It trains you, it equips you, it corrects you, it it, it it positions you for every good work that you'd ever do according to the kingdom of God. So you got to understand this. When you the word of God is the only weapon you have against deception. Why? Because it is the truth see you won't even realize this deception if you don't have the truth of the word to 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 tell you what is right and what is wrong how do you know that says this in John chapter 8 verse number 31 it says Jesus was saying to those who believe if you continue in my word continue adhere here to apply it to your everyday life it's not just enough for you to hear it. We talked about this last week. It's not enough for you to just to hear it. If you hear it, but you don't do it, you're deceiving yourself. He says, you have to hear it. then you have to do it? You know, it's funny. Uh, uh, Pastor Jew and I was talking about, you know, when you go through a weight, uh, when you want to lose weight, you can read every book you want to read about how to lose weight and you can have every diet known known to man in your possession, but if you don't do it. Nothing's gonna change. And God told me to tell you, he says, I don't want you to walk away thinking that it's some kind of hocus pocus magic trick about somebody can just wave a wand over you. And then everything is gonna be all well and better. It doesn't happen that way. hey, Hey, if it did, man, I'm down for it, but it doesn't happen that way. Once you make a decision, Today is my day one. Today I make a decision to make the word, make Jesus the head of my life. Today is the the, the day I make a decision to make the word of God the final authority in my life. Today is the day I make the decision that I'm going to be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. And today is the day that I'm going to destroy, put off and throw down every argument, every reasoning, Every theory that tries to exalt itself, lift itself higher, promote itself to be higher than the word of God. And because I know that all scripture is given by God for my teaching, for correction, for my training in righteousness, that I may be equipped for and adequate and every good work. And I know because I continue in that word, then I know that I'm disciple, Jesus disciple indeed, and I will know The truth and that truth will make me free. Because remember we talked about this is is where we're going to stop. God wants you to be cleansed. But what happens with the word, the more you get the word of God on the inside of you, the more you begin to read it, the more you begin to speak it out loud to yourself, the more you begin to meditate in it, the more you begin to apply it to your everyday life. You know what that word does? It cleanses you. It cleanses you. It's, it's kind of like a like a in the Zenality that he gave in Ephesians chapter five about what the word of God goes forth and does. He says this. He says in Ephesians chapter five verse twenty one. He says, and he's talking about to a husband and wife. Be subject one to another in the fear of Christ. Wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord subject me be submitted to them. Now we was talking, uh, Pastor June and I was talking about this yesterday, how submission does not mean dominance. Submission means get under that person's mission. And even in, in, in our home, And in our lives and in marriage, you have the, the man might be the head of the house, but you both submit to one another in the fear and admonition of the Lord. What does that mean? There's times that she has to submit to my direction, but there's other times I have to submit to her direction. It doesn't make me weak and her strong doesn't make her me strong and make her weak. It means we we're operating one with another because both of us have different strengths. I might have a strength in this area. She might be better in another area. So it, it you have to learn how to submit one to another. That's how that this works. And see the thing about it with Christ when he says submitting to to one submit to your husbands as unto the Lord, you're doing it as unto the Lord, not unto that man. He may not even deserve it. Now, I'm not saying submit if he's going to tell you to sin or do something that violates or goes against the word of God, but what we're talking about, and I'm not just talking about women, we're talking about what he says initially to the women because the next thing that he said to the men is even higher than what it is that he said to the women. He said, but husbands, before you get puffed up in your chest, husbands, you got to understand that You are the head or you are, you are the leader. So you lead, you lead, you lead. You don't dominate. You don't drag along. You don't get a cricket and screaming. You lead first by your words and second by your examples. She wants to see you do what you say. She needs to see you do what you say. for as the husband, you're the head. You want to be the head. You know what comes with the head? Responsibility. So if something ain't going right, don't look at her. He's looking at you. If, if something goes right, then, then hey, he's looking at you. If, if, if there's chaos going on in this situation, he's looking to you. Why? Because you are the head. You are the protection. He goes on to say, he says, Her husband is the head of the wife. He says, you are the head of the wife. He says, but as Christ also is the head. You're you're the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. Christ doesn't dominate the church. He doesn't put the church under his finger and just mashes it. He doesn't do that. He is the head of church. What, 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 What does that mean? He leads the church in the way that they should go. Husbands, you should lead your wife and your family in the way that they should go. He also says, he says, he says, he's the head of the church and he says, he, him, who Jesus, he himself being the savior of the body, he says, he's, he goes, he says, but be subject but as the church is subject to Christ, so also let the wives also be subject to their husbands and everything. Did you hear that part? Husbands, you might be the head and you're supposed to, as the head, you're supposed to operate in your family, just like Christ operates with the church. He leads, he guides, he directs your church in the way that is right, in the way according to the kingdom of God. He doesn't just lead them to do all kinds of crazy things. You are subject to You are first, the husband must first be subject or submitted to Christ. If he really wants to lead his household, his family, his wife in the way that they should go, he goes on to say, he says, but as the church is subject to the subject to Christ, so also let the wives be to their husbands and everything. Then he goes on and comes back to the husbands again because the husbands, she got to submit to me. But you got to understand this, husband. If you want your wife to submit to you, this is one of the things you definitely going to have to do. You're going to have to love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. What? You got to love your wife just as Christ loved the church and gave his life. For her, which means you not only do you are you in a position where you're gonna have to be something willing to lay your life down for her, but it also means that you're gonna have to point certain times you're gonna have to put a pause on the things that you've got going on in order to help her be cultivated into what it is God has called her to be. He goes on to say he says, He says, love gave herself for so that he might sanctify, set apart her, having cleansed her. How's he gonna cleanse his wife? How does Christ cleanse the church? By the washing of water, by the word of God. How does Christ cleanse the church by the washing of water, by the word of God. So that he can do what? So he might present it to himself, the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and blameless. What is a husband supposed to do? A husband's supposed to he he leads his family in the way that they should go according to the word of God. He loves his wife just like Christ loved the church and be willing to give his life forward. And he washes her and cleanse her by speaking the word of God over her life, leading and guiding her according to the word of God, which does what it says in remember it says in John chapter 8, but when you continue in the word, then are will you know the truth and that truth will Make you free. That that truth will break off every shackle. It will break off every chain when you're washed in the word. When you make a decision today to be washed in the word. When you make a decision today that today is your day one. When you make a decision today that you understand that Jesus came to seek and to save that was lost. He sent us here to, to seek after you. And so that you might be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth, to save and be healed, set free, and delivered, to be saved, restored, put back in right relationship with God today. Let today be your day one. Today is your D day. Today is decision day. Let's make a decision right now. And according to Romans chapter 10, verses 8, 9, and 10, which says this that the word of God is near you, it's in your heart, it's in your mouth, it's the word of faith which we preach. That if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God truly raised him from the dead, you shall be saved, set free, delivered, and made whole. But with your heart, man believes unto righteousness, but with your mouth, confession is made unto salvation. You have to make a decision to confess, acknowledge it today, acknowledge Jesus as the head of your life. Let him begin to wash you and cleanse you by the word. As you begin to get into the word, as you begin to study, to show yourself approved, as you begin to apply it to your everyday life, as you become a doer of the word and not a hero only, by taking off the old man that you might put on the new man. Come on, say this prayer with me. Confess it out of your mouth, mean it from your heart, pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I do believe Jesus Christ, he's the son of God. I believe he died for me on the cross and saved, uh, carried my sins for me. I believe he was put in the grave, but now he's risen. He's alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Save me now. I repent of sin. I receive your offer of forgiveness. Right now, I am healed. Right now, I am delivered. Right now, I am set free. And right now, I'm made whole. Thank you for seeking and saving that which was lost. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you pray that prayer for the very first time, I wanna welcome you into the kingdom of God, welcome you into a right relationship, Welcome you back into right position. But what do you do then now? Man, you got to get in a word-based church that teaches you about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, but also teaches you about the kingdom of God and the love of God. I know that Ignite Depot is such a place because our whole goal is to to ignite life and purpose within a generation. Uh, it's to help you find life, to uh, identity and purpose that you might live your best life yet. We're discipling. We're, we're discipling the loss. We are helping you to discover your purpose and we're dis- dispatching you into the, out into your everyday workplace. So, uh, everyday life so that you can restore others back into right relationship with God. Just like he sent us to do the same thing for you. You're on a seek and search and rescue mission to seek and save that which was lost. Now, if you if so you can join us every week night every Saturday at 6 p.m so you can hear catch this broadcast so that you can hear more uh, practical steps on how to how to be doers of the word and not hearers only how to find life identity and purpose how to seek and save that which is lost and how to be disciple to discover and to then to be dispatched. If you miss it on Saturdays, man, check it out again on Thursday. We broadcast the same broadcast on Thursday nights at 6 p.m. If you miss it and you and you want your car, you want to listen to this podcast, listen to this message again or any other message, hey, we have a podcast called Ignite to Life Podcast. Again, that's Ignite, the number two life podcast. You'll hear this and other messages. Share it with a friend. Share it with them. S- subscribe to the YouTube channel, Facebook channel. Hand to the podcast. We love to hear your feedback. Now, on behalf of Pastor Joanne and myself, we want to thank you for joining us tonight. And remember, let today be your day one. This is D Day. We'll see you next week. God bless you. Bye bye.